my brother. You there? I can't hear you. I think you're on mute. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good, brother. I like I like that shirt you got on. Oh, you know, um, I had to get it from this very significant person. You know, it's a good, it's a good guy to know. Oh, wow. That's good stuff, man. It's good seeing you, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good to see you as well. Mm -hmm. Let me get more comfortable myself, man. Uh. All right, let's talk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So how's everything been? Uh, everything's great, brother. I can't complain. God is good. Yes, indeed. All yeah. the time. All the time. Yes, sir. What's, the, what, what's been good with you? Uh, just staying productive. Uh, life is steadily moving. I'm steadily learning different things about myself. Uh, mm. Yeah, just uh, just trying to stay productive, progressive at the same time. Um, that's the best. That's that's the nothing. There's not there's not another uh, best case study other you know that itself. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. You can always take from others, you know, and, and help uh, make yourself better. But you always have to learn about yourself within the mm -hmm. process of it all. One hundred percent. Absolutely. What we what we what we what we chopping it up about today, man. Any and everything, man. Any and everything. Any and everything. How's the shop doing? Shop is great. Uh, I just shut it down at seven. You know what I mean? Okay. You caught me perfect timing. So I had <laughs> the shop hours in at seven. Um, it just reopened. Let's see. Saturday would be a full month of okay. us being reopened. Uh, it's been thriving and stuff like that. Uh, people have been coming in supporting and shopping and you know yeah all right i'm 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 at a point now where i'm restocking again all right i'm restocking again because um you know people have been buying yeah and that's a good thing that's always a good thing mm -hmm. yeah. so i I'm, I'm blessed bro when did you first open the shop um we opened the shop november 18th of 2000 18 so we're going on two years and a couple months now that's a beautiful thing yeah man yeah god is good so it's like you know it's been it ain't i can't say it's been hard mm. it ain't been hard i'm not gonna say it ain't you know it ain't we have our ups and downs it's just it's just been you know uh pretty much a learning process more than anything okay okay you know what I mean? Of, of officially being in business and uh, the hurdles that come along with business if you're unprepared. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's been more of a learning process in terms of preparation and, 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 and really knowing the value of preparation. Preparation is key. You know what I mean? So, you know, like they say, preparation, you know, prevents poor performance. Absolutely. So that's, that was the biggest lesson I've learned, you know? Yeah. But it's doing good. Cool. Uh, along with that, how did you know that you wanted to start a store? Um, I knew, I knew that I wanted to start a store because I had been in the streets too long. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? And um, I've been doing this. You know okay. what I mean? Those that know me know I've been doing this 
just uh, hustle thing for over 20 plus years. So uh, I have a long career in the streets before I, you know, open a store. But you get to a point as a hustler, a hustler, every hustler at some point has to evolve into a businessman. Absolutely. And you think that you you think that you're doing business or you're conducting business, the act of business with every exchange you make, you know, in your hustle. Mm-hmm. But you're not really doing business. You know what I mean? And so and I have to, you know, at some point I had to evolve as a hustler and I and and, and, and morph into a businessman. You know, anybody can get out here and uh sell this, sell that. You know, dope stuff sell itself anyway. Absolutely. So um at one point I just felt like, you know, once you start doing a bunch of you know, self-evaluation and things of that nature, you know, you realize, yo, you've been it's like you living life on a treadmill, you you know, you're going nowhere fast. You know what yeah. I mean? A whole year didn't pass and you're still running in place. Yeah, you might be selling this, selling that, but where's your growth and development? Yeah. Yeah. You haven't moved out, this, out, the, out of the exact same spot for the last 20 years. Yeah. You've been yeah. active, you've been actively running in place. Mm. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And once I knew that, I was like, okay, it's time to, you know, show some growth and evolution. If you want people to buy into you, buy into your brand, you are the brand before any other brand you started. You are the brand. That's so if you pack. want people to keep buying into you and subscribing to you, then you have to show some type of evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Who who likes to watch the same thing all the time? Eventually they're gonna turn the channel, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You gotta do something different at some point, right? You have to. Absolutely. Have to. Were there any were there any people around you that inspired you? Or was it was it just something that you just knew you just knew you had to do? It's it's something that I knew I had to do, first okay. and foremost. Uh, because I don't do good with stagnation. Mm. You know what I mean? So that, that it was personal, you know, for one. Um, and me and my partner, that's something that, you know, we both are entrepreneurs, so we push each other, you know. And um, But also, if I have to say, if it's any one person that inspired me to do a store, it would be Nipsey. You know, and I have been following him for years. And when he did the marathon store and the concept of it, you know, he had did it, but we had been talking about it. He had actually did it. And then the concept of it that he had in it with, it, you know, interactive shopping experiences and things of that nature. And, you know, really pushing this all money in, you know, uh, all money out, in and out thing and Crenshaw where he's from and yeah. all that, you know. It just showed a person, you have to have a certain, you develop a certain admiration for a person that's, that invest in themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and everything that he was pushing in terms of entrepreneurship and stuff like that, we've been pushing five years to six years prior to, we've been doing it. You know what I mean? So he wasn't saying nothing different than what we were saying, but it was good to see somebody that, of like-minded, put that entrepreneurship on a wider scale in the platform. And, and along with that, I felt like what he did was motivation. It was like, you see it now, 
right? Mm-hmm. You see someone mm-hmm. do it, and they're doing it their way. They're doing it the way, right. and, it, and I feel like it was being done the way it should be done, you know? Right. I'm going right. to set the trend, and then y'all can jump on and follow behind me. And there's nothing wrong with that, because what he did was great, and it, it, mm-hmm. it'll continue to be great as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not, you know, what it comes down to, oh, it's not about who thought about turning the lock on the door first for it to no. open. It's about who actually turned it and opened it. Yeah. For everybody else to come through. Absolutely. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? So we don't spend too much time on who 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 sat on the other side of the room thinking about going to turn the lock. They don't get no credit. No. <laughs> you know, you got the call credit goes to the one who actually did it. Yeah, because they're gonna say, hey, who left that door open for us, man? And hey, that you know was, what I mean? That was buddy yeah. over there. Who's responsible for that door? Who's responsible yep. for all y'all coming through here? Yep, go talk to that man over there. You yep. know what I mean? So Absolutely. yeah, nobody else, Nipsey, had a great influence on us opening this store. Yeah, so a big, big salute to him. God bless him, his legacy, and his family. Yes, um, did you ever get that same inspiration or motivation from a guy like Master P or Jay Prince? Um, it's funny you ask that question. Um, the first, we had the thing what we was going to do in our store in terms of the decor, the interior. And we was going to hang five portraits up on the wall. Okay. Canvas portraits of wall. Five, but five of the five people that inspired us most along our entrepreneurial journey through life. And the top five people was Russell Simmons, Puff, Hove, of course, Master P, and Nips. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Those are going to be the five people like our wall of fame. You know what I mean? And uh, P has always been one of the biggest inspirations because he showed us how to do it on such a, a independent level that you, you know, we, we, we prefer to take the man route over handouts. You know what I mean? And he also showed us how just the difference between P2 and, and a lot of the other ones I just mentioned is that P did it in such a way that it wasn't just he was showing you independency. He was uh, how to be independent or how to be rich or how to be. But he was the biggest thing I got out of P was he was showing you how to create generational wealth. Mm. You know what I mean? Because everything he did, he attached his family to it. Yeah, his business savvy was remarkable, man. It it, it really was. It was his story. It is remarkable to know that yeah. he knew to go in there and say, "Look, I don't need no record deal. I got the record company. I just need distribution. Mm-hmm. So everything mm-hmm. I'm gonna do is gonna be eighty twenty. You know, Come and, on, man. and that that that's an awesome thing to know that you know someone like me knew how to do that. He knew how to walk in. He knew how to educate himself and and find out the correct information to go out there and propel himself to excel at such a high level. But he also, you know, it's it's, it's other things to P that was that's, you know, like bookmarks that that that's of inspiration in his story in terms yeah. of just you know how he started and the ten thousand I want to say it's the ten thousand dollar check from an insurance maybe life insurance some he got from that was left to him and went to Oakland and opened up a record store. Yeah, you know, it started through that and got it popping and then you know went and hired the best lawyer. I want Michael Jackson lawyer. I don't want any lawyer. 
Yeah. You know, and knowing that it really took for him to go in his pocket deep to bet on himself. Yeah. And and and, and recognize that there's no better bet to place your money on than yourself. Yeah, I, I saw at one point he uh did an interview. And he said that at one point, I think while he had, I'm not sure if he had the store out there on the West Coast, mm -hmm. but while he had it, it got broken mm -hmm. into or something like that. And for a while, mm -hmm. he had to live out of the store and out of his car with his son. And, mm -hmm. I said, and that just lets you know he was willing to sacrifice and, and, and just bet on himself and, and go all the way out on what he knew mm -hmm. would be correct to make sure that he uh, did it his way. And I said, right. that takes, that, that's remarkable character, man. It's something in him that's different from other people, you know? It is. Well, he's still grounded in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean. He's still very connected to where he came from and his people. You know, yeah. he hasn't gotten so far out of the way, and his mission has never wavered or changed since day one. And that's to inspire and motivate his people to be better than what they conditions and circumstances is. Correct. Correct. You know, and that's it. So yeah, P is definitely one of my uh, and always have been one of my biggest inspirations. Yeah. So growing up, where did you exactly grow up at in Chicago? Man, I've grown up uh, predominantly on the west west side. Uh, I'm a west side guy. Uh, started out, you know, uh, birthed on the west side, like the Austin area. You know, family been over there like 50 years, Austin and Erie. Uh, but started my childhood out Humboldt Park, you okay. know. Uh, Humboldt Park, uh, left Humboldt Park in 86, moved over to North Lawndale, mm. you know. Yes, sir. So <laughs> North Lawndale, all this is a part of my DNA. All this is a part of my upbringing. Humboldt Park to uh -huh. North Lawndale. That, I Talk can stop it. right there. Talk about <laughs> it. You know, so yeah. I endured it all. You know, uh, North Lawndale for like, shoot, probably 10 years and back over to uh as a teenager my lad my lad is as a teenager uh back over to the austin community you know okay. so that's those three spots where i grew up at okay mm -hmm. have you ever thought about doing any uh community work in those areas or throughout through with with using your your store i always have working okay. on something working on something now you know what okay. i mean uh um more so just like trying to set up something almost like in the non-for-profit type of area or apprenticeship program, you know, okay. where uh, I have these kids come here and we talk, we, you know, we discuss real life stuff, but we also, you know, do activities and skills and trades in terms of like taking them in the back of my store uh, with my other partner and, and, and him teaching them how to print do screen printing and stuff like that, every facet of that. But also before they get back there, me and my other partner, Norm, uh, might hold a workshop where we're teaching them how to start their own brand, uh, teaching them about the importance of business credit and building business credits and things of that nature, you know, just preparation. So yeah, those are the things that I uh, thought about doing. Like everything wasn't necessarily going out into the community. Sometimes it's bringing the community into where you at you know, and uh, go from there. So yeah, I got a few things up my sleeve. Okay, all right. What made you choose the phrase, hustle smart, live rich? 
Um, it's funny. Uh, Hustle Smart Lil Rich derived from, it came from a situation like uh, 2012 slash 13. We uh, put these these hoodies and these tees out. Uh, so we actually put a song out too. My partner Norm, you know, is an artist and he put a, his album out. And one of the songs off his project two weeks notice was God Bless My Hustle. Mm. And God Bless My Hustle started out as a song and went into a t-shirt uh, simultaneously. So we was pushing that whole movement at that time. So we had like the city on fire in certain areas with this God Bless My Hustle, everybody rocking the, these, this apparel. And one, um, one day I end up at being at work and get an email that kind of threw me off because I never received nothing like this. And it was uh, an email from Larry Larry Flint people. Okay. You know, a cease and desist letter in terms of the word hustle. Uh, and that was another pivotal, uh, well, actually, it wasn't hustle, it was hustler. Because when we did God Bless My Hustle, HSLR wasn't even in existence yet. It was, I had this brand called Certified Hustler. Okay. which I still go by that name, but um, he owns the word, which was a pivotal point in, even in terms of entrepreneurship, it, it made me think, oh man, this guy here, this guy owns like over a hundred uh, something patents on this word hustler. Yeah. To the point where you can't use this word in terms of the spelling of H-U-S-T-L-E-R in no way if he owns it and he says you can't use it on this and that, he has not just if he the don't words, okay it, if he don't okay it, you can't do it. Across the across the board. Yeah. So I said, okay, man, I'm on fire right now. Yeah. I can't this man just can't throw no monkey wrench in it just like that. So, <laughs> so we gotta figure something out. Yeah. So at the time I'm like, what are we gonna do? And I end up going to get a hat made with that in mind that I can't use this word. But I'm so stuck on a certified hustle because I've been pushing this for years. So I got a hat made that said certified HSLR. So when my I so I still keep my hustle. So when my partner see it, he was like, man, I had dope. You know what? He then that's thing I know he came up with a what you think about hustle smart, live right. I say, no, I like the concept of it, but that right don't sit with me. That's too corny. It's too Positive, right. too, yeah. too straight to the point. Yeah, I say, how about let's use rich? You know, it's like that's it. And then when we use rich, you know, uh, we started looking at what he was actually saying, and we put the meaning behind it. You know, and when you put the meaning behind the hustle smart, literally, you know, like I say all the time, it's a um, it's self-explanatory. Absolutely, you know, hustle smart is nothing more than you know knowing that you still can get into everything you desire, but you don't have to throw rocks at the penitentiary doing it. You don't have to throw rocks at the graveyard doing it. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's using your mind. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's also in terms of doing things in a way that you're not hustling hard. Yeah. Everything doesn't warrant brute strength all the time. Sometimes your strongest muscle is your mind. Use that. That's what yeah. it's given to you for. You know what I mean? And live rich, you know, I like to play on words because every time somebody see, you know, live rich, they think rich is automatic, automatically equates to money, money or monetary things. 
when in our case it has nothing to do with money it has everything to do with some things money can't buy which That's is cool. your health yeah your, your family your your you know just having room board shelter transportation the, the smallest things that people think is in life is you know are the major things and that's what rich has to do living rich being happy with what you got being successful and not letting nobody dictate your success peace freedom that's living rich yeah yeah so that's what made us come up with it at that time when you guys were on fire and your campaign and you got the movement going on mm -hmm. did you ever try to reach out to larry flint and have a, a conversation with him over the phone or anything like that i did you know, I didn't. Um, at the time, I felt this man so far gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? This man, Hustler, has been established. And, and it was funny because the year that he established Hustler with the patents was the year I was born, which is okay. 19, you know, which he, you get a hat that says Hustler. It'll say Hustler since 1974. That's the year I was born. So, you know, I'm like, this man... Nah, I ain't finna try to reach out. What I'm gonna do is take heed to what this email is, and I'm gonna fall back. Right. That. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Just make move around. You got move, no move time around. or no paper to be trying to go at it with this bear. Yeah. So we just find a, you know, we just find another way to get it. You know what I mean? They say you can't use hustle. You just can't use it that way. That way. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like a true hustler, of course, you know. You would make a way out of no way. Uh, you would figure on, it out again. You know that's that's that just comes with the territory, right? Mm-hmm. It just comes mm -hmm. with the territory. So along your way, were you already traveling before this was going on, or or was this during your travels? You talking about um, traveling in terms of uh, vacation and taking trips, seeing other places? Yes, sir. Um, I did that along my way. Okay. Uh, yeah, I did that. That was something that was inspired, you know, in my relationship at the time, okay. my personal life. Okay. So that was inspired by that. And, um, you know, but I'm glad I did do it because it opened my mind up to so many different things and so many different places that, you know, my mind can go back to what it was beforehand. Yeah, I, I tell everyone that if you ever get a chance to leave this country, just just island hop. And then after you island hop, try to venture further out. Or if you can just venture further out, I'll just take the chance and do it. Because That's it'll it. change the way, it'll change your perception of everything and how you see uh, the world and people and how people actually view you. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's a, mis, a misperception of, uh, of us and, and the way the world works. But mm -hmm. that's only because you're so used to being in this box that you live in. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that box doesn't really contain contain much. And it's it's always best to punch your way out the box or cut the box open or whatever it is you have to do. But I think it's it's good for everyone to try to have those experiences. Because it makes you a, a more well-rounded person, you know? It does. It, it You know, I'm going to tell you what it done for me. Like, it expanded, you know, my vision. Uh my perceptions of things, to how I looked at my outlook on life and, and, and people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, more than anything, it helped me to let me know that, you know, it's more than just your environment. These yeah. four, these, this radius that you won't leave out of, you know, uh, 
sadly, a lot of people in Chicago and very other, you know, other places never leave off their block. Like a lot of people in Chicago never been downtown. You know, Which is, and it's, it's a sad truth. That is actually yeah. true. Like I said to some someone one time, and they said, "No, that's not true." I was like, "You'd be surprised." It is true. Surprised at the things that I was thinking and the people that yeah. I was around. You know, certain even 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 Chicago is like a city of uh, or Illinois is a city of state of just neighborhoods. Yeah, and it's a lot of people never been to Rosemont. Yeah. a lot of people never been out to Roseland or. South Holland or all yeah. these places, you Oak know what Park I mean? Or anything like that. Oak Park, uh -huh. you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so, Park, they don't know what that is, you know? Right, right. So it's like, in my travels, man, um, it's like, the biggest lesson I learned, I tell people this all the time, like, one of the best gifts you can ever get yourself, by yourself, is a, the gift of a passport. And the best thing you can ever do is use it. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest things I've learned through traveling wasn't even going to a place. It was actually being up in the air mm. and, and away from some BS that had just transpired. Yeah. And once I was up in the air, 20 feet up in the air, it hit me. And I said, feet. I pledged to myself, I said, I would never ever have a give my time in a, in terms of a beef or argument to somebody who don't have a passport. I said I'd never do that again. Yeah. Because in that moment I realized it's like a chicken and a a turkey and an eagle. We'll never be able to have a good conversation or understand each other because we see life from two different perspectives. Yeah. One one spend his time or her time walking around with their head down, doing this all day, bobbing their head, just in a downward motion. And then another one sees everything from up high, from a wide angle, yeah. a bigger picture. Yeah. So I, I realized in that moment, I could never allow myself to do that again with somebody who've never been nowhere other than they block. And there's a was it a saying that goes a wise a wise man doesn't argue with fools. With fools, you know what I mean. And, and uh, with what you're saying, I realized that years ago myself. Uh, it was I think it was coming back from a vacation. Like all right, I got to go back to this. Mm -hmm. you know, but the whole time I was I was there I was on a uh, my flight. I was reading, and when I saw that come across the uh, the the, uh, the paper I was reading, I was like, a wise man doesn't argue with fools. I said that makes so much sense without even without there even being an explanation, right? Because right, you are, why you don't. <laughs> there's no, there's no, you don't need no explanation of that. A wise man does not argue with fools. When I get back, I'm about to change this whole dynamic and, and paradigm shift that I'm gonna have. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, make myself and my life better to bring my mm -hmm. life more peace, you know, mm -hmm. and tranquility. Uh, and along with it, you know, it, it it inspired me to to do different things and be able to help people, help more people out than I was actually mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's a beautiful thing when you travel, man, because you get to have these conversations that other people that are like-minded like you, they, you can have those conversations with them, you know, and it's just not mm -hmm. the same old war stories and the same old block, right? Talk, right? You know, right. this person got this and this person did that, man. They, 
this person got slammed, you know, oh, this person, this, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh this mm -hmm. person got changed over there on this block. And it, mm -hmm. it, it allowed me to be able to see things differently. So as I did, I started to step back. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something right. I'm not mm -hmm. doing nothing wrong, I'm doing something mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I was arguing that with someone one time. It was like, man, it sounds like you think you're better than everybody. And I said, it's not that I think I'm better than everybody. It's just that my life is changing and I'm growing. Mm -hmm. Because I'm growing, my stock, my 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 plant stock is going up, and the people mm -hmm. around are like this. So it's not that I'm I don't think I'm better than everybody. It's just that I'm having a, you know this this ascension into into being a better person and having a better mentality. And I was just mm -hmm. trying to break that down to him. I said one day when you go to Hawaii and you get to fly over a volcano and look into the volcano, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking. Like your whole right. your whole life will change. You know what I mean? Right. Or just right. being able to sit on the island for a week or two and not be worried about anything. You know? Right. You know, right. some people some people don't know what it's like to go to Bora Bora and, and see clear water like that. You know, and it's just kinda like, man, <laughs> y'all missing y'all missing it. You know what I mean? Like you, you should try this stuff. It'll change your life. You know what I mean? Man, listen, I, I tell people all the time, like, and it's real stuff, like I've never seen better looking water in my entire life than that of Turks and Caicos. You know, being on an island and, you know, white sand and aqua bluish green, almost yeah. like a teal. Yeah. You know, yeah. almost like a teal green or, you know, turquoise, yeah. blue yeah. water. It's, it's just something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And or going to like, you know, Thailand and walking through the Buddha temple, you know, and just seeing these different parts of these people, you know, what they do on a daily basis. Yeah. Being a part of the culture and the environment. Sucking in the culture, taking in the culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and and knowing that we're not as different as we think we are. We we pretty much alike in a lot of ways, but we can appreciate the, the differences between us. And it doesn't the differences doesn't always have to be in the form of racism. It doesn't have to be in the form of hate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And stuff like that. You know, and two of the biggest lessons I learned throughout my travel is that America is one of the best places you can live in and one of the worst places you can live in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I could appreciate the opportunity, the land of opportunity where I was on my travel, but also have a real, you know, just a, a disdain for the capitalism that they do to their own people. So you know what I mean? Relationship. Yeah, it's, and that's really what it is. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I also realized that throughout the places I've been, I wouldn't trade it for neither one of them. No. You know what I mean? No, because and, and I, I totally get it because this is where this is what made me. You know, and I got everything that I know from being here and seeing, going through 
witnessing the things that I've witnessed. I, I, witnessed, mm -hmm. I, I witnessed it all while I was here. You know, not to mm -hmm. say that none of these places could would not provide the same opportunity, but what mm -hmm. I know I got, I got from here. And on, it's almost like it, I don't want to say it, but I will, maybe I should just say it. It's like having an advantage at the same time just because I was here. You know what I mean? In certain cases, but yeah. that's 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 the the pre-existing beef or or dislike that a lot of cultures and a lot of you know races have for us as Americans because they feel like we have an advantage. Even being black and knowing what we go through here in this country, a lot of races, uh, other races think that we still have an advantage because we're in America, you know, and it is definitely, we don't. No, you and know? that's, a, that, again, a, the lack of understanding Yeah, that comes with that. Oh, well, you live in America, suck it up. Okay, well, you walk a mile in my shoes and tell me by the time you get a quarter mile of the way, how you really feel about that journey in those shoes, because it ain't, it ain't easy. It's it not. Easy. I can drop you off at the time I'm 10 to 17, and you figure that out. Mm -hmm. You figure that mm -hmm. out. But they, you know, I get it though. It's like, you know, and I tell a lot of my people sometimes like, you know, when they get, they get these feelings about Latinos. You know, mm -hmm. they come here taking all the jobs. They this, they that. And it's not that. No. They're never taking all the jobs. No. They wouldn't be able to take your job <laughs> if you performed your job the way you're supposed to perform your job. You got to a point of comfortability. You're working a job that is meaningless to you at this point. It's Absolutely. nothing more than a paycheck, and you tired of even coming here. But you're too scared and don't have no courage to go out and do something else. Correct. You don't want to hiccup in your paycheck. You don't want to be able to lose, you know, the paycheck to stop. And you think this is a, a sense of, you have this false sense of security with this job. So yeah. you keep throwing up mad and disgruntled and it starts playing out in your work ethic. And Absolutely. you think people don't see that. But as soon as these Mexicans or these Latinos come in from maybe a temp service or something like that, or they come in getting paid under the table, they don't got their papers, but they're working 10 times harder than you. And we'll stay now, late. You for the same pay, you know, same labor doing more, but might take less. Absolutely. Or might take what you're getting paid and you feel a certain way. And it ain't that they're trying to take your job, but the thing is, you have a misunderstanding about this whole situation. The point is, is that these people come from a different circumstances and environment that you do. Yeah, They come from places where drug cartels are be beheading people. Every day. You know what I'm saying? They Every come from day. places where nothing impoverished environments yeah don't know how they're going to eat they come from places that they need to get their whole family out of there and they got obligations if, if i made it over here this wall and i risked my life to get across this border then i, I am going to make something out of it to give back and try to bring my people back over here absolutely we're not coming up we're not showing up for work with the same agenda right because we've gotten too, was it content or comfortable with the situation that we're in. Complacent. And I tell people all the time, you can't forfeit your seat if you don't give up. I mean, if you don't get up, you know what I mean? You don't get up. A lot of people have decided that they're gonna give up their seat. 
So because yeah. you give up to see other people decide, well, I'll I'll take it and I'll do Come it for on. less. Come on, man. I've been standing here waiting. Yeah. Just for the opportunity to sit down. Yeah. You know what you I mean? Give it up. All right, cool. Cool. Peace out. I got it now. You know what I mean? I tell people that like when you're so worried about what other people are, are doing, you will also lose focus. You know what I mean? Looking looking back in the rearview mirror too many times or turn around too many times, you'll lose focus on what's in front of you. Mm -hmm. of the goal. And while you're looking over your shoulder, the person be going by this way, they be going by that way because you're not focused. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think everyone should have a focus and a goal. Working a well, job is cool. I know it. I, I work a job. It's, it's fine. Nothing wrong with it. But, but have a, is there a plan that comes along with that? You know what I mean? That's my, that's my only, that's my only thing. That's all, always been my issue with, you know, people with these employee mindset, you know, uh, it's nothing wrong with working a job yeah. because you have to provide, first of all, for yourself and your family. Uh, second of all, it's just nothing wrong with it. It's a, it's an ethical thing. You know, it's nothing, it's nothing wrong. If anybody, in order for you to work a job, that means somebody had to start that job for you to work it. Yeah. And you can't run a business without employees. You see what I'm saying? It's only so long. It's not a not a, a thriving business that's going to you know expand beyond yourself. Yeah. You're going to need employees at some point. So to shun and then somebody that's an employee or working for somebody is not right. The only problem I've ever had was you put eight to 16 hour days in for somebody else and you never go home to work on any of your dreams. You never go home or you never take nothing out of your check and invest in something that you don't have to keep working. God didn't put you here and give you a gift and give you a dream to work for or something. passion or purpose not to pursue it Yeah. or make your purpose of being here is to uh, give your service to somebody else's dream. Yeah, yeah. Never tap into yours. What was the purpose of me giving you one? Yeah. But some, well, here's a here's a part. Here's another thing about that, right? There are some people who don't know what their gift is, or they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. I know some people like that, and I tell them, "Hey, man, you if you would just do that, you would be." And, and they would go, "I don't know what that is." I'm like, "Just do that. Like, just do that. Go home what and is do it? that." What is it that comes to you naturally that you're gifted with, that you love to do, that you do, that you do effortlessly? Effortlessly. And, and I'll be telling them, like, hey, man, if you can sew like that, even for the young women I talk to, if you can sew like that, if you can stitch clothes up like that, maybe you should just uh, consider it doing it more of as a hobby or as something that you love to do when you get home. Spend three, four hours a, a, a night when you get home doing that, man. You may you make it onto something. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. But some people they're they're comfortable with working and I don't I salute them for for, for feeling that way. But uh, for those of us who have this ingenuity and this this hustle and this drive to do more and be on our own, like we we burn with that. We stay up all night conspiring and contriving mm -hmm. different ways to, to to free ourselves up. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's like you know. It's work is easy for a lot of people, you know. Sometimes it it may every blue moon that cross my mind, and before a split second, that damn I wish I just went gone swipe a clock today and leave after eight hours and I'm done for the day. Yeah. 
That's what people do when they go they go to work every day. Once them eight hours over, they don't think about work for the rest of the day. The only part they think about work is preparing to do it tomorrow all over again. Yeah. But they have their break where they in their in their day that they leave work alone. When you're an entrepreneur, it, it, you don't have to. It's always work. Yeah, you'll be up to three, four in the morning, mentally yeah. exhausted, just trying to go through the motions and figuring out what to do and how to do it. A better route to do this, or can I add something on to this, or should I latch on to someone else? Should I mix my network up doing different things mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's a constant. It's always a constant. Mm-hmm. So that's you know. That's that's you know with me man I wouldn't trade it for nothing though you know I wouldn't trade it for nothing I want to uh, you know I, I it's crazy I was getting up earlier today you know and I'm getting ready prepared brushing my teeth about the shower and I just looked as I'm doing this in the mirror and I'm looking like man I love my life you know what I mean I love the fact that I can leave out get up when I want to leave out when I want to go make a way don't have to have wait for my check to come Friday or some uh, the next two weeks, uh, any of these things. I love that I can go to my office. I'm leaving home to go to the office for three hours. And then when I leave the office, I'm headed over to the store. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even though I have obligations throughout this day, I still have my freedom to do whatever it is I want throughout those You're times. You're doing it on your time. I'm doing it on my, and that's, that's all that matters to me. Yep. I, and you know, like I say all the time, I, my biggest thing with employment for somebody in terms of like these jobs is that I don't do good in structured environments. I don't like controlled environments. Yeah. Someone telling you what to do, when to do it. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. I had to kind of like submit to the, the will, but it's only because, uh, so it was something I chose to do, you know, and everything mm -hmm. else that I was working on, it was kind of like if I continued on this path, mm -hmm. I'd be staying at home with my mom. You know what I mean? I was like, right. hey, let me figure out a different way to do this and I'll try to support everything else, you know, mm -hmm. while I work. I respect that, man. Yeah. I respect anybody that works. You know yeah. what I mean? I, really I, do. I mean, I do too. Like, I, I see, man, I see people doing construction and, and uh, working at McDonald's and everything, man. And I understand, I can see frustration in people's eyes as they're working or as they're leaving work. And it's like, I, I, I know what that is. Mm -hmm. I know what that is, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. everybody's, everybody's grind is mm -hmm. different. And I told someone yesterday, just because you see someone and they don't look like they're where they're supposed to be doesn't mean that it's not gonna happen. Right. You have been a spark that they needed to see to mm -hmm. wake them up to say, you know what? Today is the day that I changed the rest of my life. Uh, mm -hmm. Ever begins now, and I tell people all the time: it only takes a spark for certain people. You hmm. know? It only takes a spark. One hundred percent. Absolutely. I, take me back. So you were born mm -hmm. in seventy-four, mm -hmm. right? So take me back because I was a young, a young man uh, mm -hmm. growing up in the eighties. What was that like uh, growing up in the eighties on the West Side? Man, I'm gonna tell you like this, brother. It was. Let me say this first and foremost. Uh, it was, it was rough. Okay. Going through like the things you would see, you know, uh, say me, you know, a young kid in '84, you know, um, walking up the block in Humboldt Park, you know, and nothing but gangs all around me, 
you know what I mean? Latin kings, disciples, to all these people, vice lords, all this. And, you know, remember one day going to school and, and, you know, I got my little black pants on and I got a gold crew neck on, just a plain gold crew neck, but not, this just the color stuff I got on. I'm not caring yeah, about it. No. I'm a kid. <laughs> and then I remember one day getting chased home. Yes, sir. By some, some older guys because I had that gold sweatshirt on, which was Latin King colors, black and gold. Yes, you know, and just my innocence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Let me in a situation do I have to grow up real quick, you know, and watching uh, a young kid, you know, I remember this cat named um, Popo. He was a young, like, 13, 14 year old, not too much older than me at the time. Might be a year or two older than me at the time. But he was heavy in the streets. Mm. Young boy, on you know, on the game, Kings or whatever, and was heavy in it, like had a name for himself and everything. And it's like 1986. And I remember like the short span of his name being popping in the street to actually watching this kid get killed one day. Wow. Or, you know, not actually watching him get killed, but walking up after he had just got killed and just seeing his body laid out on the corner. You know, and just like, damn. But seeing the drug you know, the drug activity hit, you know, and what it did to the neighborhood in the 80s. And, but also, the flip side of that was me growing up through breaking, okay. through hip hop. Okay. Talk through, about that. Talk about you that. You know what I mean? The culture, you know, uh, the 85 Bears, you know, uh, all these things. Okay. Music. Michael Jackson, Prince, and Madonna was the 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 the, the storyline, the, the the back, you know, the music, the backdrop to my life at the time, you know, and Mike, uh, uh, eighty four, uh, Marvin Gaye, father killing him, yeah, all these yeah. things was a part of my childhood, man, and I tell people all the time, bro, I wouldn't trade the eighties for nothing. That was the best decade of my life. Mm. Good and did bad. Did you have an understanding of that at the time when uh, Marvin's father killed him? Did you did you get did you have an understanding of what that was? I couldn't I couldn't process it at the time, you know, because you know at the time you like, damn, you know, who does that? Who does that? Who killed yeah. their kid? Yeah, you know. But then when you also realize why he did it, you know, it's like from what you hear, you know, this man was putting his hands on him. Like, hit his father or whatever the, what it was. You know, that's what you hear. And if that's what you hear, that damn, that's the reason he did it. It's a hard lesson to learn, but, you know, your parents tell you that all the time. Real parents. I bring you in this world, I take you out. Yes, sir. See what I'm saying? He just made, he, he gave you a real example of it. Yeah. You know, but it was, you know, once I got older and I really learned about that situation it was, it was a, just it was wild because you know the father had issues himself you know walking around in women's clothes and dresses and panties and all that type of stuff and uh didn't want marvin to do you know secular music and you know this religions is always present somewhere in a story 
Yeah. And it, and religion causes a lot of conflict. Yeah. You know what I mean? That old so, state, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, at the time, I couldn't really fathom what that was. It's like, all we knew was like, damn, bro, you just took Marvin Gaye away from the world. That you man know? was all blooded, man. That voice. You know? Oh, my God. You know what God. I mean? So, that voice is crazy, man. One of the best of all time. You know Whoa, I mean? that voice was crazy. Unmatched. Woo! You know? And gave you some of the voice. best gave you some of the best pieces, left the world with some of the best pieces of work, you know, from the What's Going On albums to a couple of his joints. Yeah. Classics. Yeah, Distant Lover, which is one of Distant my favorites. Distant Lover, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's I mean, even that's my anthem. Even, even, even going, you know, just going back into the 60s with him. You know what I mean? When he just came to Motown, you have the, the, the him and Tammy, you know, Terrell, you know? Him and him and some a, a couple other people like a young Marvin Gaye all the way up into the eighties till he you know came to his untimely death. But he had a catalog. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And it was just a light that 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 was blown out too quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? But nonetheless, bro, the eighties the eighties was the best part of my life. And then the nineties followed it up. <laughs> so so at what point does hip hop become? The next part, like the next inspiration for you, the man. I've been into and hip hop has always been an inspiration. Okay. Starting in the eighties. Okay. You see, what I'm saying I come from uh, the LL Cool J's, the I'm bad, I'm the I'm bad in the radio, the Beastie Boys in '86. You know what I mean? Uh, that's my background. Like I come from that. You know, the Ron DMCs and all that. Yeah. You know, cool modis. Um going into the Eric B and Rakims. You know, this is all before Biggie and Pop. Yeah. Hip hop didn't start with Biggie and Pop for me. Yeah. Now they one of the most, you know, just the pinnacle parts of hip hop. But it is I you know, I've been in hip hop way before then. Yeah, I think "Self Destruction" was one of the first work, first uh, songs I had ever heard, and I was a knee high to a fly's eye. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was real strong, mm -hmm. and I heard mm -hmm. it. And I was like, "What is that?" You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think at that point, that's when things started to change uh, for me, especially. But by the time I had a better grasp of it, it was more of chronic, right? It was Dr. Dre's chronic. You talking '92, '91. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was there was a uh, doggy style, and then I became influenced by the West Coast music because I understood that more than I understood the the East Coast music because mm. it was more of their lifestyle was more similar to what what, what exactly what was it, was, it, was, it was very similar. Like yeah, they may have been using red and blue. Mm -hmm. a different way but it was similar to what we had going on in chicago yeah and it was culture, yeah and the culture that we were we, we had was kind of similar to what they were what they were going through as well you know what i mean and there was nothing wrong with east coast music i just mm -hmm. caught more of a vibe with that and then after that it became uh mjg and eight ball and scarface mm -hmm. you know boys resurrection and things like that so mm -hmm. uh, yeah that that became my pattern man but it was out like Growing up and you seeing the things that you seeing and you seeing you seeing drugs in the community, you seeing people getting killed. Uh 
you, you just start seeing sporadic and erratic and just erratic behavior from people. And you just wonder, mm -hmm. like, this has to be true. If they can tell these stories, these stories, they're not pulling these stories out of the air, man. Like, this right. has, because it's hitting a certain part of me and it's tingling my brain. And it's giving right. me a feeling in my heart and in my stomach that's, that's unmatched. You know right. what I mean? So I, I, that, that was that West Coast feel and then that, that MJG and hate ball. That was, that's, that's what did it for me. And then I can't forget UGK because them shits was crazy that they was putting out too, man. God, yeah. God, God rest his soul, uh, Pimp C. Pimp C. That yeah, back, back then, you know, it was all that for me. Like, you know, once we got out of the 80s and we went into the 90s, you know, when I'm in high school, uh, you know, I went to high school in 88. So, you know, uh, 92. So back then, you know, 92, Snoop got the popping, young Snoop, you know, popping up on the chronic. And then his, you know, dropping murder was the case. Then, you know, um, even when Nas was bubbling, he went on my radar with Illmatic, yeah. you know, in 94. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't even on my radar. Because uh, at that time, I'm so... West Coast driven, you see what I'm saying? It's 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 or or, or down south, you know. It's either Snoop, uh, then you got like you say, it's, it was Ghetto Boys for me, you know. And then I'm talking Ghetto Boys with Big Mike, you know. Uh, mm, that's early on. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, then it's you know it's A Ball and MJG, you know it's these guys. It's it's it's, it's uh, you know, uh, UGK, it's Dayton family. You know, you know these 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 guys. You know that's this is what I'm listening to. You know hey, uh, man, that was then, crazy too. Then, then sprinkle in a little DJ Quick, uh, AMG, and 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 second to none. You know DJ Quick is a bad fucking dude, man. You know what I mean? Warren yeah. G and all them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what it was for me. You know, I I didn't really come back to us the East Coast hip hop until '95. 94, 95, and that's when Big came. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I wasn't a big Wu fan. I wasn't on them like that, you know, early on. I started getting I started getting pieces of that because I started hearing it, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, that that was different. Mm -hmm. I started grabbing, gravitating toward it, and I was mm -hmm. okay, this is this is different. This this might, yeah. they might be on or something. It was so kind of abstract. But then mm -hmm. it was like they were saying certain things again. It starts ringing. It starts giving you that that tingle. Mm -hmm. I mean, let me go check this shit out, man. Like, right? They not just rapping. They 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 saying stuff over here. Right? You know, they dropping knowledge. Let me go mm -hmm. check this out real quick. You know. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, definitely. Continue on. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, and that's just what it was for me, man. And even simultaneously through early 90s up until 96 you know Pac was always present you know uh when he dropped in 92 with uh Tupac is now once one of my favorite albums ever you know and uh when he dropped that and then you know holla if you hear me in 93 you know and above the rim soundtrack and all this and so he was bubbling and becoming a bigger star the whole time you know up until you know his passing in 96 you know and there was him and when he passed, it was him and Nas. That's all I listened to in 96. Mm. Uh, it was written and uh, Machiavelli and All Eyes on Me. That's all I played in 96. In 96, Hove wasn't even on my radar with reasonable doubt. Okay. 
Okay. I didn't get on. I didn't get up. I didn't get on hold until '97. Probably around the same big, time that I did. Probably around the same. When he time dropped uh, Volume One. Yeah. And I had to go back and get that. And yeah. Listen to Reasonable Doubt and to Absolutely. realize how great that album was and how classic yeah. that album was. Yeah, great production too. Was a DJ Premier, DJ Clark yeah. Kent. Yeah, Clark Kent, a few of them, Ski yes, and yeah. all these guys. Yeah, yeah, it was a, and that was a really Jazzo. You know, produce ain't no nigga. You know, and all that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that song took a while. I I didn't like that song in the beginning, man. Right. When I every time it would come on in a CD, I'd skip mm -hmm. right over it. And then mm. someone was like, "Yo, you got to sit down and listen." He said, "Just listen to what Jay's saying, man." Mm -hmm. just, just well, one of my it. homies put it, yeah. put me up on it. Like he was one of my young boys put me up on it. He was riding, um, he was riding and uh, listening to that. He was playing that. Ain't no, you know. And uh, I'm like, cool. Then he plays some. I'm like, yo, who is this you listening to? He's like, you know, Jay Z. So he told me the album, and I went back and listened to it. And by like '97, when I heard him in '97, which is my still my favorite album to the to this date. It's volume one. And once I heard them, I had liked them already in 97. Mm -hmm. So it was more easy for me to go back and give him a listen a year prior to when he dropped yeah. in 96. Yeah. So I'm listening to this project and I'm like, damn, this, this nigga nice. Like <laughs> on a whole nother level, he nice. Like nicer than anybody else. He changed you know the I was listening to everything. Mm -hmm. And he was, was, and he was ahead of his time. Yeah. He changed the way I was listening to everything. I was like, yo, whatever this is, he gonna be around for a while. Y'all gonna have a hard time. Y'all gonna have a problem with this kid right here, man. But the, the thing I had to, but he sound when I listened to Reasonable Doubt, is I got the feeling that this guy is ahead of his time, but it, really, it wasn't that he was ahead of his time. In reality, he was just older than everybody that was rapping. And he just got a late start. So, he had to that me, experience. Was, to me, he was older. Mm -hmm. I think the experiences that he had were so much different from a lot of stuff that I was that we were hearing. He was and really in the streets. Yeah, yeah. If we just just put it that way, like what he, what he was talking about was just on another level. You know what I mean? It was He's really like, in the streets. Yeah, yeah. You listening? You like wait? That ain't that. That ain't this other stuff. Like this is something different right here, man. Right, right. He said, "This is man uh, everyday stay, life." Uh, summer's coming or winter's coming. I'm trying to feel mink. I'm like, oh my god. This yeah, I'm trying to feel mink, nigga. Yeah, politics is too well. Blew me away. I was like, all right, I give it up. I give it up. But around that same time when I got up on him, that was when I think AT Aliens had dropped. Boy, it had dropped. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Outcast so had um, popped up. You my, know, my buddy Ethaniel. Shout out to EB. He had mm -hmm. put me up on on uh, AT Aliens, and once he did that, I went back and got some more of the uh, the older stuff. Also, I think that's the difference between us, our generation, and the newer generation. Not to knock them or say anything bad, mm -hmm. you know, is that they take what's given to them and they don't go back before right. to see right. where the music is coming from. Like they just take what they got at face value mm -hmm. and they don't learn the history of the music where it comes from. I, I remember from. Growing up, you would tear the CD up, not the CD up, but you would tear it open. The packaging, just yeah. to read the credits. You would look at the credits, right? And then you would see, mm -hmm. uh, you would look at uh, publishing, who wrote it, yeah. look at where the who samples were coming from. Yeah, everything. Mm -hmm. And now, mm -hmm. 
now they just take the music and they just listen to it. Mm -hmm. and they're done with it for a week. They just they move on to the next thing, you know, like, man, you know, yeah. it's mass consumption. Mm -hmm. It's almost now, like burgers with them, right? But that's how it's being fed to them. It's microwave stuff. So yeah. it's nothing has no stand power. You know yeah. what I mean? Nothing has no stand power. Like, you know, back then we had like a lot of music coming out. So many people to choose from, you know, a buffet of just great music and the level and the standard of music was so high yeah. where, you know, you had to come with it coming out. You know, this is who you're up against in this climate, you know, and I just remember, you know, my cousin putting me on coming from Arkansas, rest his soul, Corey, he comes from Arkansas and we from a different culture, you know, uh, that, that down south. So we looking at him as he country and all this and that. And I just remember him putting me up on um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. You know, we talking 93, 94. We talking 94. Yeah. yeah. I think it was. And they, uh, the first Bone Thugs album came out. You know what I mean? And I'm like, nah, these guys are nice. Huh? Creeping on the come up or something like that. Yeah, Creeping on the come up. That was yeah. the actual album. Yeah, and you know? I think before that, wasn't it like a red tape they had? Faces of Death or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so putting me up on that, I'm like, nah, these guys are nice. You know what I mean? And they from Cleveland. They not too far from the crib, you know? Oh, Chicago would. and Cleveland ain't nowhere from each other. Nope. You know, and then him also putting me up on um, uh, Outcast. You know what I mean? Because I really wasn't big on South music like that. I liked the... A-Ball and them, the JGs. I like the Scarfaces and the Ghetto Boys and the Big Mikes and the UGKs, you know, but I wasn't big on a lot of other South artists. Yeah, you, and you know who gets, who gets left out in the mix of all this? Since we're mm -hmm. talking, I, I've, I've heard this conversation go like this before. We always forget about Goody Mob, because Goody Mob was right there in the mix of everything. And Goody Mob, Goody the, whole yeah. the whole Dungeon family. Yeah. You know, the whole Dungeon family. Yeah, they, they they definitely was doing their thing too. You yep. know, even even bigger at one point than uh Outcast in the beginning. Absolutely. That was the first. Goody yeah. was yeah. the first. Yeah, so you know, hip hop played a major part, man, like through my, my upbringing. You know, um, you know, uh I I have to also early nineties, I can't fail to mention Ice Cube was mm. a major part. That kill at will, that 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 America's most wanted, the predator, all those albums I yeah. played faithfully. Yeah. You know, uh uh Public Enemy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I at some point all these people had an effect on me. You know what I mean? And and, and coming up on the South Side, I'm I'm sure for it, it might have been the same thing for you as well. But these were the guys that were kind of raising me and and forming my childhood and my mm -hmm. mind, showing me different ways of thinking and how to look at certain things, you know what I mean? Not that it fully did, but it, it was just like, these the dudes are kind of like my big brothers and uncles, you know what I mean? Since I don't right. have a father around, these dudes are like mm -hmm. my big brothers and uncles. I can't mm -hmm. be no pussy, no punk, or no coward. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. And I, as a man, I must stand on something. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I must have a foundation, I must have morals, values, and integrity. In principle, and, yes. Yeah. But, and then as you start looking around the community with with certain guys, they have that as well. So he's like, all right, well, these are the these are the group of guys that I'm gonna probably be around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so 
those were some of the things that I did uh, get out of the music. Although some of that music could have done more damage than mm-hmm. did good, you know what I mean? If we were being honest about it, some of that music did do more damage than good. But um, what? how do you feel about the portrayal of, of, of us through that music? Do you think that it's been oversaturated with uh, negativity? Through hip hop in general? Or just like that, the music Not hip hop in general, just like the era of music, like the way it changed. Um, I would say, you know, I think we were being heavily influenced and didn't know it at the time. Okay. Because, you know, when you look back on it, you have to be honest. You know, it was a lot of stuff, like you just said, a lot of it wasn't, you know, productive. A lot of it wasn't, you know, conducive to the, the, the you know, evolution or, or the growth of, of black people. It wasn't. A lot of it was, you know, has to be, you know, played a major part in, in tearing it down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Destroying it. Yeah. You know, um, but then a lot of it was based upon what these kids were seeing and grew up in. Yeah. You know, uh, hold on one second. I, I'm, yeah, I'm close. You need, oh, sorry. you need to pause for a second? You want to pause for a second? No, no. No, okay. no at least I had a couple. Uh, I guess I got to turn my clothes sign around. But uh, okay. I had a couple people looking in and wanted to come in. Now they, but um, now it's like they, a lot of them say like, a, say like an ice cube, you know, say like an NWA to a certain extent. Uh, a Scarface, a lot of these people, even Tupac early on, Nas, a lot of these people are were doing nothing more than reporting from the ghetto for what they seen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And we took to it because it was authentic. We we live this. We see yep. this. Yep. Your project Everything. is not too much different than my project. Yeah. Your block is not too much different than my block. You know? uh, ghetto boys, right? Really deep. Your hood ain't no uh, harder than mine, motherfucker. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And and, and that was a, just a true statement. That was a true yeah. statement. Even even with like NWA, we 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 gravitated to them because they're rebellious. They were, yeah. you know, they 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 you know, they were very rebellious. But in that act of rebellion, you also we're creating monsters out of that. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's yeah. like a lot of stuff they were saying. Yeah. You know, uh, even Luke. Yeah. With the degradation of women. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, at the time, we not, you know, Luke, Luke, at the time, ain't doing nothing different than what a Cardi B is doing right now. Nothing, no different. And Nicki Minaj. Nope. You know what I mean? Or any of these females that came. He's Luke did the same exact thing. Same thing. And was was responsible. He actually for bust the door open for him. Yeah. To do and it was with the with, with for getting the explicit. Yeah. The, the advisory sticker. Yeah. 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 So he he opened he bust the door open for that, but his content and his message is no different than what theirs are. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot of people played a part in, you know, affecting us. 
but you know, it is what it is. It's like, there's a lot of people that also try to send a different form of a message to help us. But when you surround it with more negativity than positivity, it gets it's drowned out. It's very hard. Cause with me having a youth program or being a mm -hmm. part of a youth program and only being around kids for two to three to four, two to four hours, right? It's very hard to reprogram a child when they're going, when they leave you, they're going back into the same environment that they're familiar with for the rest mm -hmm. of the other 20 hours out of their life. And, and maybe not, 18 because for six to six or seven, they may be sleeping something like that. But uh, yeah, it's very hard to, to, to reprogram people when they know that they're going to go outside mm -hmm. and see the same things that they're hearing in the music and that they're seeing on the TV. No. But that's no different than like I try to, you know, I tell people about, I give the example of, uh, of parents, you know, and some parents, you know, I hate, it's heartbreaking to see parents that know they've done as much as they could to help their kid and they still lose their kid, uh, whether it's literally or they lose it to just the streets in terms of just they, their relationship is not there with their kid no more. Their kid's getting locked up or whatever the case is. And, and it breaks my heart to see that they really did. You can raise your kid to the best of your ability. That don't mean he's going to turn out exactly the way you, what you put in them. You know, right. all you can do is like hope that those morals and those values that you and those principles you place in them stays with them when they leave the house. But I tell people all the time, like, yeah, look at you trying to teach your kid this in the confines of these four walls of this little place, this house you live in. But when they, the moment they step out that door every day for school or anything, it's what you instill them in this little wall against this whole world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, that you, you going up, that's a mean battle to fight. Yeah. Only very few win. So Back. you can't blame yourself. Yeah. You know, and to a certain extent, you can shelter them, but you also have to let them see what it is out here. Yeah, because I, I know for a fact that if you shelter them, you're going to do yourself a disservice anyway. Because at some yeah. point when they get up, when they jump off that porch, something's going to grab your attention and you're never mm -hmm. going to be able to get it back. You know, you'll Period. lose all innocence from that child just because you sheltered them and you had them blinded to the mm -hmm. world. You know what I mean? And that's, that's I've seen it happen to, to, to quite a few people. From Me too. Yeah. Yeah, in, in your in your plight in your plight to prepare them, you also kept them unprepared at the same time simultaneously. Yeah, it's like locking up, it's like locking up a pit bull, you know. Yeah, yeah. When you finally get out, it's, it's gonna be a problem. Yeah. Oh, what's, <laughs> what's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? You know, sniffing, mm -hmm. then they start barking, then they start biting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, no different, or no different than you withholding information from somebody, and they finally get a chance to see that damn this is what i have known all this time yeah or read they another over, book they're gonna overindulge in it Woo. at that point yeah you man know? yeah because yeah. I, I like I, I tell people i grew i grew up in a uh i grew up in a uh a church home uh mm -hmm. christian mm -hmm. and someone handed me a book what book was it come on what is it the miseducation of the negro was By the G. Books I, yeah first books mm -hmm. i had Mm -hmm. And after that book, I got hungry. Mm -hmm. I wanted another book. And it went from being hungry to having this burning sensation to know more. Mm -hmm. and after that book, it was another book and another book and another book. Mm -hmm. 
and it changed everything that I saw. And for years, I sat, I sat and I played the role and I acted like everything was cool. Okay, yeah, I'll go along with it. Mm-hmm. One day I just woke up, I was like, yo, this, this doesn't, this is, this is not me. It doesn't sit well with your spirit. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it just don't. And it made me uncomfortable sitting mm-hmm. in a church, looking around going, yo, you're sick, you're sick, you're mm-hmm. sick. Like everyone's giving away their money to the situation, but they're not getting nothing out of it. You know what I mean? So uh, that mm-hmm. for me, it was just like, this is wrong. And I mm-hmm. felt that at the time, even when I expressed it to certain people who were in charge, I was like, hey man, shouldn't we be giving people financial Financial, uh, economic, economic classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shouldn't we be? Is there anyone in here that knows how to grow a garden so we know how to heal people from these some of these diseases that they got? Like, mm-hmm. there are things that need to be done within these churches, and not just going to church, feel like you're getting filled up with the Holy Ghost or the Word of God, and then you give your ten percent, and then you leave with nothing, banking on going to to heaven. And that's fine if people believe that, but. To me, it just didn't, it just didn't sit right, you know? Mm-hmm. And I would have these arguments uh, all the time with the pastor too, because he became, right. he became like a father figure to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would argue and he was like, yo, I'm just not gonna get through to you. I was like, man, look, you told me everything that I needed to prove, I should be able to prove with the Bible. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I can prove everything. I can prove not just with the Bible, but with these 40 books I got sitting in my room somewhere, man. Mm-hmm. I got more books that I can prove different things with. And some of this stuff just doesn't make sense. And it, there should be more value added to a life than just being around people, fellowshipping, and then going home. You know, it's almost like working a job then. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing, bro. The reason why it feels like that, because it's connected to the same vein, and that vein is the vein of program. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and you program people. They, they've they been programmed. Most people that God is a powerful thing, man. It is. God, whatever you deem God as, and you accept God to be, is a powerful thing. That's the one thing you put your all in believing that there is an existence of that because you know, it's you. First of all, you've been taught that, but also things that happen in your life. You know, you knew it had to be something greater than yourself, in human form, that was controlling. But the thing about God is also people found a way to use God as a hustle. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. To manipulate and program people that. And they use it, the, the biggest tool they use is fear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost blasphemous to, to speak ill of God or to, to, to uh, question God. They yeah. tell you, don't question, don't question. When you're supposed to question everything. Everything. Lauren told you that. If you're looking yeah. for the, you know, the answers, you got to ask the questions. You know what I mean? You don't just accept what somebody tell you, no. and that's that. No, and that's what. The- that's when I knew I was having problems. When every time I asked a question, I would get that. You know what I mean? And then I would follow it up with another question, with another question. And although certain people could answer them, they couldn't answer the deeper questions that I had. You know what I mean? Or the questions that 
fundamentally they made sense that they would just answer it a certain way, but they couldn't answer it, you know, or they just to say, you know what, brother, I don't have the answer to that. Um, but if you give me some time to work on it, I'll get back to you. But there's been times when I've, yeah, but well, there's been times where I've been in a church mm -hmm. and I've been condemned. You know, they, they say, well, the devil must be busy tonight. You know, it's like, right. yeah, you, <laughs> <laughs> you, you're going to so you're gonna go that road. So then that's when you get to go in your own bag and say things like, well, doesn't the Bible say to condemn me means to put your, uh, send yourself to hell as well? And they look at you like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I read that thing too. I read oh, They don't want you to use the word on them. They hate that. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. It ended. It ended one of my relationships, man. It ended one of the relationships. Mm -hmm. The lady I was dating. Uh, mm -hmm. I tried my best to avoid Bible class or Bible study when she would go. I tried my mm -hmm. best to avoid it and avoid it. And I was like, young lady, you see all these books in here? You sure you want me in there? And I was like, you. I, I, I could end up embarrassing you. And I was like, I'm not saying that to be conceited or mm -hmm. intellectually mm -hmm. high and mighty, but. Mm -hmm. I don't think you really want me in there, and I've read all these books in here, and I know I know a bit about history and things like that. You don't want me in there, and these guys mm -hmm. says something to me or it rubs me the wrong way, and I start taking count. You know what I mean? So I did it over and over again, man. She would mm -hmm. go, and I would give her a kiss and a hug, and like, go ahead and enjoy it. Or I would try not to be home when you know by the time she right when it's time, right? And one time she got me. You know, I had came home from the gym. I had just took a shower. I'm laying around and she was like, I'm going to Bible study. I was like, all right, see you when you get back. And she was like, well, you don't shower. You might as well. I was like, yeah, you don't want me to do that. And she was like, would you just go this one, just one time? I was like, all right. And we went and we got there and he, he, he was, he was poking and I was ignoring it. I was like, okay, I see what you're doing. I can ignore that. And he kept poking and then he asked me a question and I answered it because I, I knew the answer to it and I answered it and I, I, I left it alone. And she she gave me a smack on my under the table, like at my leg. Right. You know, like, yeah, that's my right. that's my man, you know what I mean? And I was like, you better stop because you're going to have him. He's going to think, you know, mm -hmm. and he poked and he poked and he poked and he finally asked me a question and I answered it and I answered it correctly. And then he said, is there anything you want to ask me? And that just opened up, that just opened up like that. My mind opened up and I was like, I have so many questions. I would rather not, this mm -hmm. isn't the time and place. This like you're the, the teacher, time, right. you're the mm -hmm. teacher and you're trying to teach a class. It would be best for us to do this convenient another time mm -hmm. away from this. And he, he poked again and I just started mm -hmm. asking him questions and he couldn't answer him, mm. couldn't answer him. And after we left, he, oh, that's when he called, he said, you know, the devil must be busy. He said that, you know, and then he went the route of, uh, preaching, going into a sermon, and the devil must be busy. And he started doing all that in the, in a in Bible class. And I was like, so that's a tactic that you're now using to gain control back of the congregation. The floor. Yeah. yeah. And I said, yeah. I get that. That's fine with me. Like, I, I understand the show. I get mm -hmm. the show. However, mm -hmm. I don't agree with it. And, you know, after we left, she... I can't believe you did that. I was like, I told you. I told you don't breathe. I breathe. told you. <laughs> I told you not to do that. Right. I told you. Right. I told you. She was like, you read the Bible? I said, I read the Bible a few times, man. I read that thing. I read that's it. A, that's that's the problem, it. though. Everybody get a different, you know, uh, uh, they, they comprehend and they understand it different. Yeah. So a lot of people get it from what they they reading 
to get it the way that it's told to them. Yeah. Opposed to accepting it for what it is. Yeah. You know, and 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 looking deeper. You know, if somebody told you a Bible verse and then they tell you go read that, when you go read it, you read and based off what they told you, it is and what to get from it already. Yeah. You're not going with your gain to gain your own understanding of it. Yeah. With a clean slate and then you're reading it. Yeah. Because people hate when you get your own understanding from it. You know what I mean? Because when you get your own understanding, it might not align with what the next person, Absolutely. you know, and, and then people use these Bible verses in the Bible for their own benefit. When it yeah. benefits them, they yeah. know how to pull one of those verses from the archive, you know, and here you go, and here you go, and here you go. And it's like, listen, man, I'm a spiritual person. Yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a religious person. I always been a spiritual person. Uh, I know the most important relationship for me to have is me with me and my creator. I also know my creator is one with me, you know, and there's some stuff in that Bible that says something and people hate when you use it in the way you interpret it. Yeah. So if they say, you know, you call yourself a God, how could you call yourself a God? How could you think of yourself as a God? How could you, Think of yourself in like it's blasphemous to put yourself up there with God, but it's not because if He's the Father, what does that make me? The child. No man, he tells he tells you I'm the son. You the son. You the you're a child of God. So if I'm a child of God, and it also tells me I was made in His image, like most kids are, which means I'm from His bloodline. I'm a descent. How am I not? And how is royalty not? within my DNA. Yeah. So how am I wrong for thinking I'm anything less than a guy? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I I stopped having that conversation and I'll play around. I'll go, yeah, we're all stardust. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'll go, wait, that doesn't make sense. I was like, well, scientifically it does. We're all stardust. <laughs> you know, like if you know how this whole situation happened around us right now, mm -hmm. you're stardust. Mm -hmm. you know? So, and, and it, bother, it bothers people, but because, like, again, those boxes that we, that we live in or that we choose to live in, mm -hmm. they control the way we think. And I think it's very uh, oppressive to sit there and think that what a one person thinks should be the same thing that everyone else thinks. I've had mm -hmm. that discussion many times over and over again that you should never confine yourself to a box. You should always want some type of understanding of the person who is different from you. Don't just go, oh, I don't believe that. Ask why or why not. Mm -hmm. Because their understanding and the way they, they, they go about their, their life or the system that they grew up in, the matrix that they grew up in, is different from yours. Mm -hmm. um, me talking to uh, a young man who's the same age as me who grew up in the suburbs, who may have come from a dad who uh, made a million dollars a year. His understanding of life is a, is a lot different from mine. But the one thing that we may agree on is that being the black experience is tough as fuck. Yeah. You know, there are things that we still actually agree on. He may, mm -hmm. he may say, man, it was a lot easier for me. Man, uh, oh, like I didn't have to deal with that, but I, I get it, man. You have to do what you have to do. But I just don't understand why you, why you do it if you know it messes up the community and things like that. Like we have those conversations. But mm -hmm. for him, he has a different understanding because he had a father, he had a mother, he had a grandfather mm -hmm. around. He had a whole big support system. Mm -hmm. and they told him, look, if you don't want to go to college, we got a trust fund for you. If you don't want to mm -hmm. do the trust fund, we got this piece of property over here. 
I was like, bro, where I'm from, a trust fund, some property, is done a totally different way, my man. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's he, he's been able to understand it over the last, I guess, 10 years that I've known him because now he gets it like everybody, you know, everybody doesn't have what he has, you know, and we didn't have those privileges that he has. So uh, it's always good for people to open their minds up and, and have understanding of others, uh, no matter where they grow. It doesn't matter if you're European, Caucasian, African, mm-hmm. all that. It doesn't matter. It's still the, uh, the matter of, of being able to understand that we are all alike in some form, some form of fashion. We all, we all human, man. We, you know, we all human. It doesn't matter what color, you know, shape, creed, any of that. It's like, you know, we we all decide to split our wrists right now. It's going to be red blood all over the place. Yeah, we all just going to bleed out the same way, you know. Now, you know our, our makeup may be different, but we still, we still mm-hmm. human beings, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're all supposed to be different. I think if the world was all the same, it would be boring as hell. Boring it would as be. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. And it would be robotic, right? You have everybody walking around doing the same thing at the same time every day, right? How mm-hmm. how how fun would that be? And that's the thing, man. Like that's what well, that's how it is going to most of these jobs. You know what yeah. I mean? And um, people don't, you know, I don't know. That's that's the thing. Like we have to keep our eyes open, man, because there's a group of people that that's in this world that want it to be like that. Absolutely. They wanted to, to kink. They're doing everything for people to move in around in this robotic way, this robotic manner. Yeah. That you're being told and programmed to to move and, and all your information is downloaded from a chip in you and all like it's some yeah. real demonic stuff going yeah. on, man. Diabolical, and, and, man. It's a diabolical you know what I mean? thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like we gotta keep our eyes open because that's what they're trying to eventually have it, be, you know, come to. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people, you know, it's funny. Years ago, they used a term where you know they're trying to replace people, uh, jobs with robots. You know, and and you really thought, okay, they were physic, you know, like really trying to create a robot. And you don't have your job no more. But now it got to the point where no, they're really trying to turn you are the robot that they're trying to create. Yeah. Not a machine. Yeah. But still get robots involved though. And still get robots involved. Yeah. But they're also trying you you are the robot. Yeah. Yeah. I need you to go here, here, here. This is gonna be your daily routine every day. Your daily routine every every day. Yeah. You have been the robot this yeah. whole entire time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and they never, you know, you never look at it. You never look at how, you know, you think you got your own mind, which you yeah. do, but you don't have it if somebody else is controlling it. If somebody yeah, else is still part of the simulation. Yeah. Yeah. Question Did you mm-hmm. ever think of living anywhere else outside of Chicago? state country i'm gonna be honest with you i I, you know only place i ever would move even as a grown man this to this day and even as a kid if i ever thought about ever moving anywhere other than chicago it would have been new york that's the only Mm -hmm. other place that's the only other place that works for me 
Explain. Because, and as a grown up now, and being, you know, uh, I've traveled, there's only two places, and it's New York and London. Only them, only two places I will ever move from Chicago for. I'm guessing it's a fashion thing? No. no. Fashion is in there. Okay. You know what I mean? Fashion, fashion is in there, uh, but it's culture. It's culture, okay. it's fashion, it's diversity. It's uh, more than anything, both of those places are the only two places that reminds me of Chicago. It reminds me of home. And that's my only attraction to them because they remind me like I'm at home. Okay. And that's why I feel at home in both of those places. Any other place I can't see myself living at. When was the last time you went to London? Probably like like six years since I made them London. Yeah, probably like six years. What was the last book you read? Man, that's a good question. Bro. The last book I read? Hmm. I can't even, I can't even tell you the last book I read. Last, the last book I've been reading has been Russell Simmons, Super Rich, and Jay-Z's Decoder. Because okay. I get something out of both of them. And I ain't finished neither one. I'm like fully finished, but I get something out of both of them. Now, the next book I want to read that I might want to read is a book I think Nipsey mentioned. Uh, something about the superior man. Or something like okay. that. Okay. So that's the next book I'm gonna probably read. Okay. Yeah. I don't do too, I have I don't, don't do too much reading as a lately. I don't have you know it seems like I don't even have the time to do it. Yeah, that's what I've been finding lately because I've been on this this product this progressive and, and productive role. Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of stopped stopped me on my tracks with uh with reading and like I said mm -hmm. I'm a big reader because it's uh. One of the few ways to keep the mind sharp, the the mind, mm -hmm. the brain is a muscle as well, right? So you have mm -hmm. to you have to keep it moving. But um, yeah, too. I have quite a few books that I really need to get back on top of. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm a, I'm big on books that feed me too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. uh, I'm a big I'm a, when I read I'm a I'm a big highlighter. Okay. So I like to highlight stuff that caught my attention yeah. and go back and you know stuff like that. So you know. Uh, some of the things I like to read, or actually a lot of audio, I do a lot of audio books, you know, okay. Okay. where I listen to like uh, a, maybe a Brian Tracy, mm. you know, um, 21 Secrets to a Self-Made Millionaire, or things of that, you know, things of that type of nature, or that nature. Did you ever read, uh, was it Think and Grow Rich? Think and Grow Rich, just yeah. started to uh, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, yeah. those type of joints. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to get myself into the audible books because it's easier when you're just walking down the street and you can hear what's going on. But man, it's nothing like having that paperback. It's just nothing like having that in my hand, man. Like that I like paperback. Love, I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, can I pause for a minute? Because Go ahead, brother. I have an order and I wanna get I wanna grab it. I have no idea. I had to just step away for a little bit, but uh 
I don't know. I forgot where we were. <laughs> All right, y'all. You got any more questions lined up? Um, I think you did pretty good on answering the questions that I had. Uh, okay. Um, do you feel like you'll open up another store soon? Uh, another store soon? Probably not soon. Um, okay. I felt I want to spend time building this one up. Okay. Uh, this one, this one has a serious purpose uh, behind it. So I want to spend time building this one up. But if I ever did another store, um, it'll probably be a regular clothing store because I'm into fashion. I'm into, so it'd be stuff that has nothing to do with the brand itself. And it'd be wide open that there's no, you know, restrictions or box. It's just clothing, you know what I mean? Strictly okay. fashion. Okay, would it but, be a boutique or just something? More boutique-ish, you know. Um, but if I was to do another store, you know, like this, it'd be maybe in another state, you know, like another city, like maybe in New York, maybe somewhere else. I plan to be somewhere else and keep the whole Hustle Smart Live Rich brand uh, going, you know, just enlarging the territory. Okay. okay. Yeah. Have you ever thought about or have you done any uh, music work using your brand to market? Uh, well, my partner actually is an artist, so... Okay. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff going to be, you know, he's going to take the wheel on and, uh, you know, push the brand out there through music and, uh, you know, any other artists. Like, I've dealt with artists in the past that, that I, you know, had on my stuff and, you know, things of that nature. But, nah, this time around, it's going to be very intentional when it comes to music in this brand. Okay. Okay. I mean, very intentional. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I don't, I don't want to hold you any longer, man. I feel like uh, I've kidnapped you for a little bit, you know, and, and I got some place with it. So I don't nah. need to take up no more of your time. It was good. It was a good interview, man. Um, I salute you for, like, it was a great interview. I tell people, you know, all the time, an interview is only good as the interviewer. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. You know what I mean? Um, I like the questions. You know, I like, I like, to, you know, it makes you go back into places that you may have never, that you haven't been in a while. Yeah. You know, in terms of revisiting the past and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's part of it. I want to people, I want people to get an understanding of uh, how we do move as um, in our regular lives and mm -hmm. what inspires us, what motivates us, you know, what are our, our ideas, ideas come from. Uh, the things that push us to continue to do better and grow. Um, the fact mm -hmm. that we do travel, we're just not what people hear through songs uh, and what they just see on the news or whatever mass media is pushing out there. We, 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 we do so many different things. While what they may see is a small percentage of us, it doesn't represent us all the time or, at, uh, or on, a, on a highest level, you know? Right. Yeah, but I like I it always it always needs to be it always needs to be put out there, you know. That's why I salute guys like to live quality and uh, Scarface, uh, God bless him, whatever you know he's dealing with right. Yeah, he's going through right, right. Yeah, and, and Common and other guys who some may say they don't like, but if you're not doing the work and you don't know what it takes to do the work, then either do the work yourself or just shut the fuck up and move out the way. 
so much pretty, right now, you know. Pretty much. Yeah. I um, I guess I'm gonna ask this question, man, because you know this is funny. Like, almost forgot about this this interview, you know. If I really did, because I just did one last night, okay. you know, from the store, and I don't know why I thought ours was like next week, or we didn't set on time yet. And when I think they pop up, I had called my, my partner Norm. I said, yo, you, you got a Zoom call coming in at 7 or something? We, he's like, what you mean? I'm like, you got Hustle Small Little Rich on it. Like, no. Nah. And it took a minute for it to hit me that it was you. And as I'm talking to him, you text me. And I'm like, damn, I just did one last night. I got to get ready. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was, that's why I said, let me send him a message because it sent me one I'm, as a I'm reminder. It. Yeah, it sent me the reminder. And I was like, See you in a minute, bro. You know what I mean? So just, just to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, man. What made you choose me? What made me choose? Easy. Um, from the moment I've I've talked to you, it's nothing, it's been nothing but a good vibe. Uh, I think there's a story that you have, there's a backstory. Um, maybe one day you may tell it on your own somewhere else, or you may mm -hmm. tell it with me at another time. But there's a story there that people can relate to. We didn't touch on it all the way thoroughly, but there's a story there and I'm inspired by it. And, and it, mm. it's a, uh, it's kind of like a motivation for me as well. You know, that, that when I think about it, the, the brand that I'm wearing, that I walk around and I pay for, uh, the model, I did a, did a song using the, the core, uh, that is a core. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. So that. there are things there that I relate to um, as a young man, trying to figure out his way, um, doing whatever it was it took to survive. And as an older guy who understands that there are different ways uh, that you can make a dollar, uh, mm. understanding there are different ways to, to motivate and inspire others too that look at you because some people see me and they think I got all this money and I'm out, you know what I mean? But it's, I've done enough to accumulate to be able to make my, to set myself up to a certain, right. uh, you know what I mean? And, if people are looking at me and they're inspired by that, then of course I get my inspiration and motivation from others, you know, who who came before me, who understand mm -hmm. what this is and understand that, you know, while we may have come up one way, our our uh, evolution is always forever growing and it's always continuing. And when I see you, I always see that as well. Man, I appreciate that, bro. Like, that means the world to me because, you know, that's all our set out to do yeah i set out to like motivate and inspire you know and utilize the time that i have here yeah you know which i i don't know how much time i have Me neither. but all i am is conscious of the present and i know i have that so yeah. whenever i presently can do that's what i'm going to do yeah and, and that's what i tell uh, people i just try to fill the time that i have and if mm -hmm. I'm reading a book, I shoot it out to other people. Hey, this is the book I'm reading, or this is the one mm -hmm. of the books I just mm -hmm. bought. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and I, I tell people all the time, just be yourself, man. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I'll appreciate you more for yourself, even if I don't like it. You mm -hmm. know, I'll appreciate you more for just being yourself. If it's annoying, mm -hmm. it makes me angry. I'll appreciate it. I mean, I mm -hmm. want it around me all the time, but I'll appreciate well, it. You know what I mean? So, uh, whatever it is that I, I I'm here to do and fill the the space that I'm in, I'm gonna do it. Because it's all with me. When I leave here, bro, like all I ever want to do is just leave my impact. I just want to, in my influence, I just want to be 
remember. Yeah. So I spend every day I live, I wake up, I'm intentional about a lot of stuff I do. Yeah. Because I know at some point I'm going to be able to do it no more. Absolutely. But Absolutely. if you still here left behind, you'll be able to have that memory, memory of what I left in you. You yeah. know, you'll know that, man, he made me feel like this, man. He said that. One of the worst things is to be able to be here, uh, you know, have a life, and then your life get cut short. It was your time to go, and don't nobody remember nothing about you. Yeah, and I was just telling someone that uh, recently, it's not just about being rich or being wealthy, mm -hmm. but it's about leaving a body of work mm -hmm. that people can see and say, look, he did this, 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 and this in his time while he was here. Mm -hmm. He built a boy. And this mm -hmm. body of work not just only represents him, but it represents people trying to achieve some of these same things, you know? And that's, that's all I live for, bro. At the end of the day, my only concern is, it's not leaving. My concern when I leave here is not about how much money I left in the bank, but yeah. how much love and lesson, you know, inspiration and motivation I left in the hearts of people. That's yeah. the only thing that matters to me, you know what I mean? Because I might never leave a billion dollars in the bank. Might not never do it. But I do have control over how much influence and impact and love I leave in people. I do have control over that. Absolutely. You can't tell me I can't leave that in nobody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I focus on. Absolutely. You know what I mean? People, people print and burn money all day, every day. Every day. They can't. Faster than you blink. You, you just can't do that with love. No. You know? <laughs> and I tell people there's a difference even with that, right? Hate, I understand hate. I me grew too. up around hate. I, I know people that hate. I know people that hate me. But mm -hmm. I understand that emotion because it, it it's a genuine feeling that they have toward mm -hmm. me or anyone else when they feel it. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. hardest thing for people is love because unconditional love shows that no matter what a person does, you're still able to embrace them unless mm -hmm. they have done something that rightfully disrespects disrespects you and wrongs you in, in a, in a right. harmful way there are certain mm -hmm. levels of love that you can still pull people back in and say you know what i forgive you for that mm -hmm. and i still want you to be my brother my sister my, my family you know what i mean but that's why i say i'm i'm always able to separate those two those two things because i get look i get i get hate i know what it is and I mm -hmm. salute and I respect people that hate me too because I understand when they see me, I know what time it is. Right. I know what time it is. It ain't a, it ain't a lot of them, but I know it's right. a couple of them. And, and I hear I hear the talk. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I get mm -hmm. that. But for the people that love me, those are the relationships that you have to nurture a lot more because the mm -hmm. hate is already but that that spot has been filled. It's the mm -hmm. people that actually do you do love and those that love you as well. So uh, it, that's something that we're always trying. We should try to nurture and take care of it's like a plant it's like a plant you know you have to make sure that it has the right amount of flour sun and and food to make sure that it nourishes and grows the correct way you know 100 percent, man well i salute you brother for like not just reaching out to me but you know uh taking advantage of a platform and creating a platform to do these type of things this uh get this dialect get this come you know to converse back and forth and yes sir uh, you know do these type of things, man. You know what I mean? And uh, take advantage of technology. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. uh, I salute you for that, you know? And having something, um, just talking about some of substance. Yes. 
You know what yes. I mean? We yes. need more of that. So uh I, I really do appreciate it. And 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 you know, we'll hook up, we'll link, we'll link up, you know. You know what's coming up? I think the last time I sent you, that day's coming back up. Last time I sent you was before my birthday. Absolutely. That's when it was, right? Yeah. My birthday next next month on the twenty first. I'm gonna grow the I'm gonna let the beard grow. I'm gonna let the beard grow. <laughs> I'm gonna let the beard right, grow. Right. Yeah, you that was the last time I sent you almost a year ago. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. It's been a busy yeah. time, man. Busy time. Hey, it is what it is, man. You know, I'm I'm happy to be able to sit here and chop it up with you now, man. So yes, sir. man. My brother, I love you, man, and I appreciate you lending me your time, man. Hey, I appreciate that, brother, because at the end of the day, that's the my I just gave you my most precious commodity. I can't get that back. You cannot, and I appreciate it, man. It, it was valuable to me, and I and I love it. I love it. That's real, brother. Yes, sir. Take okay. care, my man. For sure. Till next time. Until yeah. next time. God love. Yes, sir. <laughs>